Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson and I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Petra Piskarova, our expert on energy risk management and, uh, and and the markets. Now, Petra, we enjoy catching up with you every fortnight about what's been going on in the European commodity markets. It's a strange time, isn't it, at the moment, August, when a lot of people are away from their desks, not so much trading going on, and yet there are some developments. What, what's the situation looking like for oil? We were seeing some significant downside in oil prices over past few weeks, uh, mostly driven by economical data being received from states and China. Oil prices traded as low as $93 per barrel uh, quite recently. There has been some upside and a little bit of the rally that we've observed that has been mainly caused by the supply interruption on one of the pipelines, which is called Družba and feeds directly into Slovakia, Hungary and Czech Republic. It looks like it's something related to issues about payments and at the moment it's unclear where when the oil will continue flowing again. So this provided some upside, but further downside is still possible as we're expecting some further updates on US inflation data and some major banks have actually for the first time in long time downgraded their expectations for the oil price for the balance of the year. I think that's an important issue because this whole interplay between oil and other energy prices and economic growth and are we going to enter a recessionary period in Europe and possibly North America as well, uh, you know, there's a balance there, isn't there? And, uh, uh, you know, the, the bulls that were expecting oil prices to carry on going up, it seems to be moving the other direction a little bit at the moment. Is that enough to knock down the the, the price at the pump for, con- for consumers? Because uh, oil products, of course, don't, I mean, they track crude oil but there's a there's a margin in there so are oil products starting to come down in price as well or is it a bit too early to tell we're seeing first sign uh, of course uh, we're still in the peak mobility season so we might be able to see a further impact as soon as we get out of the summer well that's something to look out for and, and a commodity that we we shouldn't neglect in all this carbon some events coming up later on in, a, in just over a month's time, I understand, with regard to auctions in the European market. Uh, what's the situation there? It's the usual August situation in carbon markets, so uh, very low traded volumes and very low number of actual auctions. So liquidity is low and we are seeing some volatility. It's uh, oil carbon price is not getting outside of the range. Of course, we are seeing increases due to the reasons that I just mentioned. Currently, carbon is trading around 85, 86 euros per ton. But considering that it will be only as soon as 12th of September when we will see the full volume and number of auctions returning, there is a potential that carbon could test the previous highs around 90 euros per ton. Well, that might well be a very good thing from an environmental point of view, and it certainly says something about the resilience of the carbon market, uh, possibly not so good news as far as consumers are concerned, particularly in power markets where coal is the marginal fuel, and that has a big, big impact on the wholesale price. And turning now to gas, which has been very much in the news, but I gather perhaps not so much has changed since we last spoke a fortnight ago. Not really. Uh, So we continue receiving uh, very similar volumes of LNG and also Russian flows continue at the same level as it was two weeks ago. So Nord Stream 1 is still uh, flowing only 20% as the turbine issue has not been resolved yet. 
and, and speaking about that, of course, none of us know the full details and who, who knows what games are being played on either side behind the scenes. But flows have returned to a minimal level, but not dropped to, dropped to zero since the, the pipeline was, was reopened. Uh, there are concerns that that could happen at some stage over the weeks ahead. I mean, how, how are the markets taking this risk? So market is still cautious, it's still supported, and it's likely to remain supported at least until we will hit the European uh, pledge in relation to the gas storage facilities, which is approaching by what we see from the numbers. So as you correctly said, there is still gas flowing through Nord Stream 1, and we are still seeing significant injections happening every day into European gas storage. That ought to be some source of comfort. I mean, one should say, first of all, that it's perfectly possible that European storage facilities could be 80% full and we still have problems this winter. Uh, equally, it's possible we could get through, albeit at a price, without significant disruption, even if the storage levels are slightly less. Nonetheless, it was quite an ambitious target, I think, to set at the beginning of the year when things look so difficult. So, you know, should we take some comfort, perhaps, that, you know, at least, at least that aspect of storage ahead of the winter period um, you know, it seems to be going quite well. I think we need to remain cautious because there are lots of geopolitics behind the scenes. But if gas storage gets to 80%, which is likely to happen first week of September, until, of course, there is no extra interruption, and at least Russian flows remain the same as they are now, LNG continues flow to flow at the same rate, and of course there is no unexpected maintenance or outage in in Norway. So this could lead to some relief in the market as soon as we get into September. Uh, traders will return from holidays and some of this risk could potentially fade away from the pricing. Indeed. And, and one shouldn't forget uh, the pain that's being experienced in European economies at the moment, partly because of the gas or very largely because of the gas issue. And part of the reason gas demand is suppressed in, in industry is because certain industries simply can't uh, afford to make use of it and, and earn a return on their products. So, you know, if that's the means by which the gas market is balanced, it, it's not necessarily good news, to, to put it mildly. But there has been some comparatively good news in terms of American supply of gas, hasn't there? and a terminal, a major terminal that had been out of, uh, out of use, uh, which I gather is due to return soon. So this is also good news that could provide some relief to prices. Freeport is likely to start producing again at the end of Q3 with the expectation to reach full capacity at some point in Q4, which will be good news and of course is good news for the European winter supply. Indeed, and, and, and Europe really can't afford to uh, absorb any more bad news on, on this, this front. So let, let's hope there's, there's more good news down the track. And turning now to power, we've um, discussed before, you know, the availability of existing nuclear plant and issues to do with outages and indeed plant closures in Germany. I gather there's, you know, there's a lot talked about um, a plant extension of the remaining nuclear fleet in Germany. Is, is there any tangible sign that's starting to change? We've seen news from one of the utility providers in Germany considering extending the operation of one of the nuclear plants into winter to help the supply security, considering that if we're seeing nearly 400, 500 euros per megawatt hour peaks in the summer, we could potentially see even high prices in the winter if all the bulls in the market meet. 
Indeed, and that would be something to look out for. And there's been some positive news as well in Finland with the Alkalutu reactor, which has been a, you know, more than a decade or a decade and a half away in terms of its delays, finally starting to generate some power, albeit at test levels initially. And that, that would, I think, provide 15% of Finland's power and half its uh, import dependency, which would be very significant. And But perhaps more significant than the rest of Europe is the French nuclear fleet. And of course, one or two of those uh, reactors uh, that were still in operation have had to uh, reduce power because of river temperatures and so on. Uh, but I gather there's been some change on that. There has been a slightly surprising update from EDF when they decided to sort of extend the operation of these plants despite the heat waves, stating that the operation is safe to progress and continue during this last heat wave that France is facing, or hopefully the last heat wave of this year. Well, I hope you're right about that. And, you know, no, nobody thinks environmental standards don't matter. But when it comes to, you know, keeping the lights on, this is something that, uh, you know, no European government can avoid. Uh, you know, those trade-offs might be painful, but sometimes they have to be made. And, it, and it's not just about temperature, it's about rainfall. We've got low river levels in a number of uh, major European rivers, which is affecting transport of commodities and, and the availability of hydro in Norway, where I gather the water levels have been quite low and it's taken a while to get the stocks up and, and Norway is quite an important battery as it were for the European market isn't it so is it likely the Norwegian government would impose restrictions on on power out from their hydro do you think or? I don't think at the moment because especially because of the premiums that we are paying in Europe at the moment Indeed, I mean, the commercial attraction is enormous. On the other hand, if it ever reached the stage of uh, insufficient power being left uh, for, for Norwegian consumers, I'm sure that would weigh very heavily on, on the government. And, you know, and lastly, uh, before we meet again to discuss this in a couple of weeks' time, is there anything we should be looking out for in terms of news at this time of year? Or is it the usual uh, August lull? I think it's the, it's the August lull, exactly as you mentioned it. I think what we need to watch out for is September when traders return and we could see some sellers finally returning to the market. Well, thank you, Petra. Uh, that's something for us all to look out for and uh, look forward to catching up with you about it um, very shortly. Do listen out for another podcast again for us soon. Have a look at our website if you'd like more information, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And uh, do join us again, as I say. There's a lot going on in the commodity markets and it might get rather more exciting as traders return to their desks. Mm -hmm.